welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. We are back with another round of Premier League fixtures and FA Cup fixtures for you on this pod. The Conte implosion has begun. He has burnt all bridges with Tottenham fans. And that is where we are going to start today. It's a quick intro. We're just snapping straight into it. Jack is with me. How are you, Jack? I'm good. I like it. Short and sweet. It's eight games. Let's go. Under an hour. Easy. Honestly, lads, I want to apologise first of all, actually. Because A, we go too long, and B, it was way too quiet last episode, and that's on me. So I apologise. This should be louder. Me and Jack are basically shouting, and we're about a millimetre away from our mics. So if you can't hear this, then we may as well just retire the pod. That's, that's how I, we feel. Yeah, I'm trying to remember to not breathe like, yeah, like a creep in the microphone. It's quite difficult. They might like it. They might like it. I don't know. It's quite distracting. <laughs> it disturbs me when I listen to it. So God knows how it feels for everyone else. <laughs> I could just hear. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, Apologies God. for that. I'm going to try and not breathe, listener. I'm just going to work it out. <laughs> Everyone's just going to be hyper aware of your breathing now. <laughs> Mate, no more than me. I'm absolutely shitting myself. I'm slowly oh, suffocating God. to death. Anyway, let's just go because I'm well, slowly suffocating. Speaking to death. of suffocating to death, you're not the only person who's suffocating to death. You know who's suffocating to death? Antonio Conte. He's dying out here. <laughs> He's desperate to go. He's desperate to go. Southampton free. Tottenham free. Tottenham were up in the 74th minute, 3 1. 3 1 against mm-hmm. Southampton. Bottom team, albeit a very close relegation battle this year, but still the bottom team of the league. And they bought it. They bowled it. They bowled free, it again. Free, again. Now, that's not even the biggest talking point of Tottenham's weekend. No, no, no. No, no, no. There's a lot more that happened afterwards. And that, really... I don't know, should we begin there? What do you reckon? That's what I was wondering, because, yeah, it's almost like, should we go in chronological order? Should we just go... Let's just go to well, the Well, I mean... We can come back know. to the... We can come back to the... All I want to say is about the game. Eric Dyer needs to go. Start with the clear out. The guy Eric is Dyer. liable for so many mistakes. It's a joke. He is. He epitomises Tottenham, doesn't he? He's just not that bothered about being good. He's no. just adequate. I feel like Conte's rant. Conte's rant was like was, was solely at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like apply, everything he said applied to Dyer for sure. So he was just staring at him the whole time. He was like, "It's you. Look at me. It's you, Eric." It's the thing. So, sorry, Spurs should have won this game, right? They should have won this game. There's no. There's no qualms there. They should have won this game. They should have put it to bed at three-one up. It's just insane. For me, it's insane. Yeah. It is insane. You know what? Okay, let's do the match quickly because I'm going to try and say at least one positive thing. Go on. Before we try best. Try best because we did skip Tottenham last time. So yeah, there you go. Tottenham. You get a dub. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was not my fault. It was That was Jack's fault. He's. He's just bitter. He's bitter. Now he wants to give you a double section. Oh, anyway. Off you go. Coincidence, isn't it? Give me something positive. Well. What does Antonio Conte like more than anything in the world? Wingbacks. Oh, yes. Yes, true. And what would be his dream scenario if both of his wingbacks that he brought in himself scored their first goal for Tottenham? And that's what happened in this game. Oh, wow. Pedro Porro got his first goal. Perisic (laughs) got his first (laughs) goal for Tottenham. Probably Perisic's last goal for Tottenham. But (laughs) there you go. That's uh, that's the end of the positive section for Tottenham. A um, little bit on Southampton. So, you know how we like on this podcast, we talk about things and we talk about teams that are rubbish or players that are rubbish and then they're always always proving us wrong. And this week's It's Theo Walcott. Last week we said he's done 
potential's over. He's finished. What does he do? Against Tottenham, the former Arsenal boy gets a goal, gets an assist, and just looks really good. So, I just don't know anymore. Maybe Conte's going to turn it around now because we're about to go in on him. Maybe Eric Dyer's going to score mm. a worldie next week. Oh, they probably I don't will. Know anymore. They probably I will, but that's next, week's, that's next week's problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's true, actually. We have called a lot of things in the very next week, they, or the very next game, they... They go on and prove us absolutely wrong. We literally said Walcott was finished last last weekend, which is yeah, and he is strong. finished. He he's is finished, finished, but but he's not finished with us because he's, he's <laughs> wrong. No, no, fair he, he definitely listens. Look, to the, well, the only I question I've that. got, the only question I've got regarding Southampton is, do they have the minerals to stay up? I feel like this kind of comeback has sparked something, a little bit of momentum. Oh, it'll certainly help. Certainly help. No doubt. They've got that, that momentum. So I don't know what their fixtures are. As long as they don't have Man City or Arsenal next week, I reckon they could get get another point at least. They've been quite solid since Ruben Sellers has taken charge. I'm actually quite impressed. So me too. They just waited too long. They they did. given they could have done with another four games realistically. But I'm not going to call it anymore. They've got James Will Prowse who is phenomenal, and he scored the penalty which equalised, which was against his mate, who he said on match of the day afterwards in his interview, Fraser Forster used to be his neighbour. I guess at Southampton when they were there together mm, of course he was and Southampton they're best friends they used to play in his garden play football with the kids and so they know each other's penalty styles very well and you could see that because they both went the same way but James Will Prowse decided I'm taking no chances I'm going top top bins oh it was a great in the pen. corner consider it was the 93rd minute he's done really well so fair play great game and you thought oh yeah. you know good game but nothing more no, so Conte comes into the press box a little bit after six when most of the Tottenham staff have gone home. Most of the players already left. God knows what he was doing hanging around. He must have been he must have been raging, and we know he was raging, right? So I, I don't know. I mean, how do you want to do this? Do you think that? Do you think that he's just been hanging around? He's just been like punching a wall, and everyone else has gone home. I know. Right, let's just talk about it. Okay, so he went into maybe one of the most extraordinary rants post post match rants against his own players against the club like oh, Jack we need to pull some quotes up really. you've come on yeah, okay. right, I'll tell you what so, I'll tell you okay. what so I'll, I'll try and do a breakdown and if I fail just dub in the fucking rant right just I was editing, about to say just dub it in just dub it in um, but actually that's not because that's more work for me so Jack go on break it down <laughs> <laughs> okay let's see whether he's going to get more work tonight so I think the key points to summarise his rant he accused Tottenham, the media and the players of always looking for excuses after poor performances, of always hiding and not being accountable um, when things don't go their way. He says Tottenham have a history of mediocrity. Um, there's no fire, there's no passion, yeah, there's no pride. They're used to being okay, but they don't want the stress of an actual competitive title charge. or They don't want the stress of or the pressure that comes with winning, basically. He suggested that if you look at the managers they've had, like Mourinho, for example, these are winners and the only common theme is the club. So they bring in winners like him and yet they all become mediocre and lack ambition in the end. And so that's kind of directed at the board. That's what I took from that. Um, I took it as a swipe at the board, those comments, that bit, yeah, for sure. 100%. The players need to take responsibility. It's not good enough for paying fans. They're paid a lot of money and it's not good enough. And then he just said Tottenham can change their manager. They can change the players, but they can't change their future, basically. And then he said, I'm very upset, which I thought was just good. In case anyone missed it, he was very upset, which I don't think anyone he was, had any though. doubts about. If you watch it, like, I've never seen him that emotional, to be honest. 
Never seen that so, emotional. I don't know where to begin with that. I mean, I'm surprised at the time of recording, which is Monday evening. He hasn't been not, sacked. Still yes. not sacked. Don't really see how he's not been sacked. It's not like he's got a long contract. This is the first instance where, I mean, we see it all the time where the manager loses the dressing room. But this is the yeah. first time that we've seen the dressing room lose the manager. Like he's fuming at his players, and it's it's interesting, isn't it? He's 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 basically said, "I've got absolutely zero faith in this team with ten games to go. Zero faith in this team. No character. No no willingness to to win or change their fortune." I mean, that's that's strong, mate. That's super strong. That's not just trying to get a reaction out of your team like Pep does this time of year with Man City. That is just he's just torched it, isn't it? He's just gone he full anarchist on, on, I think his, he's, on his Tottenham tenure. It seems like he might have tried a lot of different motivational techniques and this was the last one. This was like the, the red button, you know. There's no coming back. And he's like, right, I've had it. I'm saying it. I'm just throwing it out there. And then if they react positively, then it's fixed. And if they don't, well, I'm, I'm gone anyway. Mm. I do wonder if the board are going to just wait and see what happens in the next game. Because is there any, is there any harm in keeping him just to see for one more game? Just to see what the reaction's like. Maybe this is exactly Thing what is, the club needed to get the, called out. They've got the international break, which is usually a good time if you're going to get kicked. Two weeks to stew on it, or a week two weeks, to stew on yeah, it. Yeah, two weeks before another fixture. So it wouldn't surprise me if it goes in the coming days. It does feel a bit untenable, but just extraordinary comments from Conte. I think there's a, there's a hint of self-preservation in his comments. You know, it, he's, he's a serial winner, so this is not going to look great. So it'd be, it's, it's good for him that he has something to point to in regards to how it's gone at Tottenham but I do I do think he's saying a lot of truth though I'd agree with that I, I think Tottenham squad could and should have done a lot better because they're coming to yeah. the end of their cycle now I know they've got a Champions League final but it's just that team with Harry Kane and Son in their prime could be up there it should be up there shouldn't they really and they didn't 100%. build on it they didn't give the team that Harry Kane required really to go on and win something so I think there is an element of truth in there, but it always seemed like a weird marriage, Conte and Tottenham. I feel like Daniel Levy really needs to decide now what he wants Tottenham to be, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he said he wanted sexy football after Jose Mourinho, then he brought, brought Santos in, Nino Santos. Yeah. Nino Santos even. And then, and then he brought Conte. Conte. Conte's, like, not, Conte's no. an active guy. Exactly. So, bit of an identity crisis and it's going to be a really interesting interesting summer for Tottenham because I think last summer they really well we felt like they did really well in the transfer window up there one of the best clubs yeah. so we said we said they won the imaginary transfer window transfer. yeah and it was we were completely serious so yeah weird there's a one. good team there there's a good team there but feels like it might be the end of an era Son maybe this is maybe they'll think about selling him in the summer who honestly knows he's been shite all season yeah. Kane's probably not going to stick around feels like this is a big like, if Kane goes big transformative summer if Kane goes in the summer then it's officially panic stations for, for Tottenham then they've lost their identity Harry Kane is like 80% of it Facts. and he, he has literally papered over the cracks without Harry Kane they're, they're, they're a top 7 you know what I mean they wouldn't be top yeah, 4 they, contenders they, for me well they'd be they'd be where Liverpool and Chelsea are just like in the mud you know mm. just lurking around mm. so yes interesting very interesting and you know what else is interesting Jack though you might disagree Arsenal for Crystal Palace one. Now, people who bared through the quiet pods last week will have heard Jack saying that it's boring. It's boring when Arsenal play the best football in the league and win with some sexy football. It's boring, he says. You know, you know why though he finds it boring. 
because he hasn't seen it for his own team this whole year. It's because I'm salty AF. And Liverpool didn't play, so I'm I'm happy to put Arsenal up. Thank you, thank you. Pay paying your dues. I mean, I don't know if you watched it. Is that if you look at the order now, Arsenal probably could be a lot lower because there's been some absolutely cracking games. Last week is uh, still burning on your mind, apparently. Definitely, um, I've I've been influenced. You know, I, I, I thought about that. You're <laughs> the like, referees, Ooh. and I'm Barcelona. You know I, mean? I, I gave a dodgy decision last week, and it's playing on my mind now. So I'm going to yep. give Arsenal one. Yeah. See, I've learned from football Twitter over this season. Thank you, football Twitter, for these dirty tactics. Anyway, we played the, arguably our best game against Palace, apart from maybe the first fifteen where they hit the post. Some of the football that we played is just. I'm thinking of Saka's first goal where Ben White he comes back from being offside mm-hmm. and then oh, it's just like I can't believe we're playing stuff like this mate I'm still dreaming you're so good at football it's actually a joke you're I wish so you were talking about me personally but I'm horrendous at football but no Arsenal are so good at football now so I don't good. know what the hell's going on anymore but, no and you, I thought after the Europa League going out on penalties energy sapping morale you know draining lost to it's Crystal Palace they've just changed their manager this was like this was you know banana skin territory and it was just so easy again like again 55 minutes 3-0 up also chilling again Cruising. they just I put know. the handbrake back on take a back seat from the back seat and Ooh, that nice. was it it's wild isn't it oh, so efficient re- they don't stumble they just keep rolling they are unshakable yeah. And get that clock out. Ten games left. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to... I've been dreaming, obviously, for the last however long it's been, but... Oh, come on, bro. It's eight points clear at the international break. I know. It's big, isn't it? But Only just, one team has fumbled the bag from this situation. We haven't done and this And that was Liverpool against City. True. So 19 so years, though, man. We're a young team and, like... It's that case of you just don't want to build it up because it'll be a crushing disappointment now, especially now that we're out of all of Europe. But suppose no, City are at FA Cup, still in Champions League. You look good you know. value for it. You look very good value for it. You're playing the best football. The team's young, motivated. It's just got that Leicester feel. We're just going to keep going. Surely they can't. And then with five games to go, it'll be like, oh my God, they're going to do it. Oh my God, mate. It'll be the best. It'll be like literally one of the best moments of my life if you do it, which is so sad, but... That's how exciting it would be. It's big, mate. It's massive. It's, it's huge. Massive. And you go Full through a team, so many great stories in there. I mean, Saka, when he's not FaceTiming Kim Kardashian's kids, we need to watch that story. I don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe Saka's going to start dating Kim Kardashian. Oh my that would be hilarious. That would be mental. He's too nice. He's too nice. He's too nice. But you know, him. she's thrashing in different directions, so maybe it's exactly what she needs right now. Just a nice yeah. toy boy. Who would have thought Kanye West's son would be an Arsenal fan? Really weird. So random. I mean, so now random. we know why Saliba obviously came off with an injury in the first half. <laughs> saw that Kimmy <laughs> K was in the stadium. He's a proper rogue, wasn't he, big Willy Saliba? <laughs> but speaking of Saliba, he was a big loss. I was really nervous about Rob Holding starting. It's just he hasn't played barely anything this season. and It's a big step down, isn't it? I now know how it feels to lose VVD. Like before, we had all we had were Rob Holdings. So yeah, you know, you just chop and change them, isn't it? Mustafi, Socrates, Holding. Like it was like no difference. But now I really get it. Like the climb down was big, and he had a really good game to be fair to him. But Saliba just oozes calmness, and you need that in the back line, and that might work against us if he's out. 
I cannot get on board with Rob Holding having a uh, Alice band. I cannot get on board with him having hair that long. Just be it's not sitting. Thing. It's not sitting well with me. <laughs> it feels illegal, and I'm not happy about it. I know it. what you mean. I know what you mean, but be happy for him because he's definitely I am happy, more confident but... since his hairline came back. Yeah, but like, to go from no hair to like long hair and an Alice band like Jack Rudy, like come on, bro. At least like, at least like break us in. It's just it's too it's much. Just flaunting it. He's. You know what? Let him have his locks. I want to know where they got that hair from. Was it his back of his thigh? <laughs> somewhere even worse. Like it's thick. You know, someone else's. So, it is thick. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, quick word on on Palace as well. The chance at the beginning for Vieira from both fans was really nice. Like that. What was the chant? Oh, just, oh the Arsenal fans were doing the Vieira chant. Vieira. What is it, Vieira? Whoa. Vieira. Whoa. I'm not going to oh, do the okay. rest. It's deep. It's a deep one. It's a deep one, yeah. yeah. I don't know how it's going to translate into my microphone, but there you go. Thanks for <laughs> me do that. Um, but, you know, a bit of solidarity. I think it is. Did you see Vincent Company's comments on Crystal Palace sacking him? I did, yeah. And I agree. I agree I mean, too. I don't think they should have got rid of him personally. I mean, they were a terrible run, but he did have a really awful set of games and the next fixtures are really good so unless they no. have a plan and Wilf Zaha's back place, and he looked dangerous yeah. yesterday you know it makes a difference when he's in the team you're going to get wins yeah I can't remember what the stat was but it was like in the corresponding fixtures against the next seven teams they're playing or whatever he got like 18 points or something ridiculous so I feel like they've sacked him at a really unfortunate time he was an awful run but it was an awful run and we don't had know a really what's going on. And he that is the end. That is the end of the uh, Premier League midfield icon manager trend. First Lampard, then Gerard. No, first Gerard, then Lampard. Now Patty V, Scott Parker. He's mm. gone. It's just Arteta, mate. Arteta's won. Arteta holding it down. He's won the game. He's the best midfield maestro manager. Now Love it. Who needs the Premier League when you are that? The ultimate turtleneck wanker. Absolutely love it. <laughs> um, he's the we'll, goat. He's the goat turtleneck wanker. He is the goat turtleneck wanker. Right, so that's a GTW. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Let's I'd just like move to... on. No, let's just move I'd... on. No, no, no. We're rushing it. Okay. Now, what did you have to say? Go on. I feel bad now. I I just want to say Ben White. I've I get it now. I think he's a right back. Oh, he's okay. So good. I can make sense Ben White, Betty Blanks. Like yeah, his course. he. He was so good in this game. Defensively against Wilf, he was really solid, but then also he's got that attacking game that's evolving all the time. There's like a different range of passing when he gets there. He's not just crossing it in, like some of them are loops, some of them are deep, some of them are low. He's got a surprisingly broad range of definitely developed a weapons. Lot. And he's got more pace than I thought he did. He actually just looks like a really good right back. And I guess that's it. I guess you found a really good right back and you can fit all three of these excellent centre-backs in the team in a way that works it's just a shame that he's just a very strange strange bloke so he's never going to play for England (laughs) (laughs) that's a bit harsh he's not strange he's just I don't really know what the word is for Ben White we need like a poet to to meet Ben White to really describe him I mean he's just so he's probably so good at fullback because he really doesn't care about football so he probably doesn't care where he plays you know it's just a job to him He's an enigma. Yeah. But it is weird. He's, you know, he's really just embraced... He doesn't look like a natural right-back, let's be fair. So he's really embraced that right-back role. And he's, he's definitely overlapping a lot more. Him and Saka definitely 
have developed as a partnership on that right and Odegaard kind of more inside so that free is just brilliant isn't it but oh it's it's, it's so good it on top of that so much sense he's a fucking shithouse as well like a pure shithouse as well like oh oh now I'm going to get emotional thinking about it let's just move on let's just move on right okay so we're moving to the FA Cup here and you know me and Jack really haven't been covering the FA Cup because why why would we but this was actually just a funny funny game a really funny exactly. game and interesting to talk about so we do it for the clout Manchester City huh Manchester United <laughs> 3 for <laughs> <Fulham> 1 <laughs> huh huh <laughs> who said that <laughs> right oh, let's just get dear. into the nitty gritty handball or not Look. red card or not which one mate bloody hell okay let's let's try and break this down um Look, fuck the 74 minutes before this. We're going straight in at minute 75 because everything before that is irrelevant. Um, okay, William handballs Jane and Sancho's shot off the line. Yeah. I feel like probably, yes, probably seems fair. I, I always feel like to concede a penalty and a red card feels... It's the double jeopardy thing, isn't it? It feels unnecessarily harsh as a punishment. It's like one or the other is enough. But both together is like super unnecessary but that is the rules so I feel like it's probably fair well I think he did deny a, an obvious goal so I don't think you can argue because he was literally on yeah. the line as well wasn't he William he knew what he was doing it was he knew what he was doing it wasn't up. as blatant as like Suarez against Ghana for example that's literally no, no reference that I was, think of, but that was awful that one but it was definitely a red card and it changed the obviously it would change the flow of the game obviously after such an incident we'll come on to that but up until that point Fulham were great Fulham was yep. the better team and Fulham were going to Wembley it's a shame it's a shame it is a shame it's, it's a, a shame 1-0 up like they were looking Man, so good yeah. for but Man United unfortunately Man United are back and they are trolling everyone and Marco Silva is the latest victim of <sighs> refereeing bias ooh you reckon now I don't know what he did, if I'm honest, but well, I Mitro. assume that he... No, Marco Silva first, because he got a red card as well, didn't he? I think he got no. one and then Mitrovic got one. I don't know, was, was it? it? Oh, I thought it was the other way around. Maybe, Maybe it, it was, was the other that. way around. It was carnage, basically. It was Listen carnage. Listen, as you can tell, it was fucking carnage. Let's be um, fair, the referee was gagging. He was gagging to send Fulham players off. Like He was baying for blood, that referee. I do. I know what you mean. They did feel a bit biased. Like... like I mean, Mitrovic did put his hand on him, but come on, mate. I'll like, be honest. Mi- Mitrovic, it's quite aggressive. It was quite aggressive. You're just angry, aren't you? You know, like you win yeah, the game and then suddenly... You've got this big Serbian guy who's like... You know Mitrovic oh, is a bit He's old mad. enough to know better. A mad lad. He's lost his head and yeah, he's quite a scary man. He's old man. enough to know better. I'm he 100% deserves... He's going to get banned. He's going to get like a five or six game ban, I think. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't put your hands on the referee. And I know people will be like, oh, Fernandez did it as well. It was different. It Fernandez was should different. have got sent off, but it was different. This was like intimidating. Fernandez was just petulant. It was just, it felt different. Yeah. He, he saw red, quite literally he saw red, but the red, saw red in all senses of the word, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it just descended. I think it was coming from a place of just utter frustration that they've done yeah. so well for 70 minutes that maybe one of the most informed teams in Europe and then you know it was Williams fault technically but it happened so it's the disappointing one for Fulham but yeah it really changed the outcome of the game Man United just took control after that as you would expect 11 versus 9 and yeah 
Uh, it's, it's, it was basically going to be a City United final, isn't it? And feasibly, we could be looking at United taking Europa League, Carabao Cup, and FA Cup in one season, which that'd be insane. To be honest with you, that'd be insane. Hella, hella good. Who do you think is going to win it then, Hugh? Of the four, so it's United, City, Brighton, and Sheffield United. Brighton, yes, Brighton are going to do it. I, I would love that. You know, we love Brighton. Oh, mate, I would love that. It does depend on the draw, doesn't it? If Man United and City are drawn together. I hope that happens in a one-off game. Yeah, I hope that happens in the semis. And then, yeah, Brighton in a one-off game at Wembley. They deserve a day at Wembley for the season they've had as well. So, I mean, they're going to anyway because they're going to the semis, but they deserve to go all the way to the final. I think the best final for the neutral would be United-Brighton because I think City are just going to beat everyone. So if City can somehow... No, imagine it. Imagine it. You know, McAllister passes it through to Midtimer oh the scenes the scenes it'd be incredible I'd, I'd love that I'd actually love that me too unashamedly pro Brighton absolutely it's not because we both lived there for a number of years anyway moving on to maybe the most exciting game of the yep. of the uh, the weekend Wolverhampton Wonders 2 Leeds United 4 another game marred with controversy wonder goals and the like oh, where do you want to st- you can start this one mate I don't know where to go with this one so I'm gonna I'm gonna say some some random stats. Five red cards across these eight games. Five red cards. Six red cards if you count Marco Silva. What the fuck is going on right now? People are losing it, and I have a theory. The reason everyone's losing it is because in England we haven't seen the sun for about two fucking months, and we've True. all lost it. I'm annoyed. Hugh's annoyed. Everyone in England's annoyed and it's coming out on the football pitch people are just losing their heads because they haven't seen the sun and we've become like the weird creatures from the descent where they just haven't seen the sun and they go blind so that's oh no. my that's my working theory vitamin D is in short supply you know what shows. I'd love to know the percentage of those red cards how many come from like a Latin American environment because maybe they are missing the sun more than most you know it was Johnny oh, that got sent off in this game, wasn't it? With that Johnny, absolute horror Nunez. Oh, yeah. So, he was, yeah. Well, you know, Marcus there might Silva, be... William. There might be some truth. Mitrovic, in all fairness, comes from... Mitrovic, not, yeah, not so much. Serbia. But hey-ho, you know. Mitrovic is always a good game for a red card. It's been a while. It's like David I mean, Costa, you know. I'm not going to go through every single goal in this one because there's so much to unpack. But there were some brilliant yeah. goals. There's some brilliant goals in this what game. What was your favourite goal? Oh, it's the it's, it's the Johnny, it's the Johnny fucking side foot, the Johnny volley lob. Oh, the Johnny volley, ah, crazy. Forty-one yards. What a what's that's a actually up. amazing technique, isn't it? To do that under pressure. I know, you know, there's always that argument. They earn a lot of money, so they should do it. But mate, that's that's yeah. amazing. That was amazing. Like it was just, such a good goal. So I good. think on on his body of work, I think we can award him a full Tyrone for his performance because he scored. This 41-year-old... 41-year-old. 41. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. He scored this 41-yard volley, and then he got sent off for an absolutely shocking oh, challenge. Oh, let's talk about that. Leg, that. Where it could have broken his leg. I thought his leg was oh, broken when I watched mate. the slow-mo. It was filth. The thing is, he does go for the ball. I'm going to say it's accidental. It's not like... It We're was, seeing a lot of those kind of tackles at the moment, aren't we? It was wet. It was super ball. wet. 
Yeah, oh, it was nasty to watch on slow mo. Though I really don't like watching those ones on slow mo. It's just like, ooh, nah, because it, it wobbled. Because he caught it at such a point, like the side of the the lower yeah. leg. Where you're like, oh my god, it doesn't bend that way. It no. Doesn't bend that way at all. But equally, I say like a two footer lunge or a scissor tackle is more malicious in terms of its intent than those yeah. kind of ones. It's just going for the ball, and he's mistimed it. And it's it's a red card, and it could have broken his leg. But all the same. It, it, yeah it's a weird one it's a weird one speaking of Luke Ayling though actually I did enjoy his Robbie Keane goal celebration don't know if you caught that just I did. The, the cartwheel roly poly well the, the wish the wish version uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he should he probably should have worked me. on that yeah I mean, I'm a fan though that was a good celebration actually people don't have iconic celebrations like that really like, I know Marcus Rashford's got this whole thing going on but oh, that's not boring, original man. and it is a bit boring no, Where's Robbie all the... was cool, man. Yeah. Like, he decided early on, he's like, I'm going to do this. And yeah. I'm going to make this a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, 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 you, if you were to be told a Republic of Ireland striker has an iconic goal celebration, a cartwheel and a roly-poly would be very low on the list of things you'd expect from them, you know? But it's the, it's the finishing off with the guns. Yeah, you know? it's the just guns so much well. flair. So much flair with it. Anyway, yeah. tangent. Uh, Luke yeah. Ayling not Luke Ayling bloody hell Leeds they win 4-2 impressive performance for Gracia and they go from 19th to 14th wow 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 absolutely wow, wow, wild wow. and I think this was probably their best performance of the season or it was until it became 3-2 and they absolutely shat themselves but yeah. they were good value for it they played really well Wolves Wolves played really well too this is why it was such a good game it was just weird well, Leeds have four different goal scorers which I think is great and they need that because they don't really have a proper goal scorer they need everyone chipping in and it was just one of those things where everyone, everything went right because well, the Pettigree, they had... the Pettigree did have some issues with the refereeing decisions and the last goal before we go for a break the last goal where Adam, Adama Traore gets dispossessed he gets fouled like this straight up he gets fouled oh, halfway. I don't know he, I don't think it was a foul he has a hold of his shirt my bro like that's a foul it's, I don't I care see if that, it I see that all the time you see that all the time ah oh, mate I don't know like referee decisions are getting in the spotlight a bit too much and the VAR's not even helping so mate, I do understand a boy like that covered in baby oil there's no way <laughs> there's no way that he should be getting caught for a foul like that look mate, it doesn't matter don't be don't be fucking don't be a bigamist alright that's not right. That's not big right. chunk like that. Come on, That's mate. Right. <laughs> no, it's just it was a foul. That's all I'm going to say. So I do understand why they're aggrieved, and there were so many penalties that should have been given that just weren't given as well, which is just mental. So play to play to the whistle, lads. Just play to the whistle. Yeah, I I just long story short, I just think you could you could argue you would feel hard done by a few wolves. But there you go. Leeds have had so much misfortune this season; they deserve it. And you know, it's anyone's game. We're not going to talk about who's going to potentially get relegated because, as you well know. There's we don't know. There's no point. There's no, no one point. Knows. No I just want to leave the listeners with one final stat before we break. Wolves have broken a Premier League record for the most red cards in a season. They've got six wow. this season somehow. Bloody hell. Dirty well, bastards. Maybe they're getting their comeuppance then. That's why they didn't get it today. Who knows? Who knows anymore? But fair enough. Right. When we're back, we'll be back. See you in a bit.
welcome back to From the Backseat and on to another FA Cup game. Manchester City 6, Burnley 0. Not the homecoming that company probably hoped he'd get. I think this was a this was a pretty embarrassing defeat, especially when you consider how good Burnley have been this season and they are the best team in the Championship by a mile and they were made to look like part-timers by City. It just shows you There's what levels. big gap there is between you know top-tier Premier League team and top-tier Championship team. It's a big gap. Oh, I don't. So, I don't know about that. I think I know why. Well, I, I, I personally, I believe that Burnley came into this trying to play their expansive game that they've been playing. Obviously, you can't do that against Man City. Man City want you to play expansive. Man City struggled to break down a low block, which is what Burnley weren't doing. So, um, it feels like what you're suggesting is that if Sean Dyche was still in charge of Burnley, they would have fared a lot better. No, he's just in general, well, great manager. He would have a man who could, you know. Set up to frustrate, out tactic Guardiola. Yeah, probably. That's the kind of thing Sean Dyche does. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, my my opinion is that yeah, they they came trying to play the football that they play, and mm-hmm. you can't do that against Premier League teams. But I'm sure we'll see. We won't see this next season. He'll have learned from that. Oh, um, I don't know. Man City always batter someone six nil at home. Mind you, Harlan's hitting his purple patch again, isn't he? Oh God, yeah. Let's let's talk about this freaky, freaky Nordic god. So, Erling Haaland this week, eight goals in two games across the Champions League and FA Cup. Eight goals in two games. Oh, honestly, think about that. How many strikers? Oh, it's levels to this man. Like eight goals. Eight goals. Is he stat padding though? What he's been a bit anonymous 2023 but he's just he's started March with a bang maybe he also is lacking the sun up in Manchester because he has been but suspiciously quiet the last couple of weeks but ever since like this guy is actually freaky so he's got 42 goals and 5 assists now in his 37 games this season um, I don't I, I've run it in my notes the only time I remember anyone being this good in the, is their first season as well in their debut season was when Salah joined Liverpool and he got 44 goals in all comps so Haaland's going to absolutely smash past that and I guess that'll make it the greatest debut season ever in the Prem like he might get 60 goals I honestly don't know he got 8 Not in, in two prem, games though. in all, in all comps, competitions in all comps. yeah in all what's comps. the record in the Prem 34 so yeah that, that's he's going to do that as sayonara well. see you later that's done yeah I don't know I mean can Hear me out. Let's say City don't win Premier League. Let's say Arsenal win. Let's say they don't win the Champions League. And let's say that they, they win the FA Cup. Let's say they win the FA Cup, because that's realistic, right? Mm-hmm. Can you say, arguably, that he's had the best season if he just comes away with that? I don't, how do you quantify it? Yes, as a, as a personal record, it's incredible. Individually, but- 100%. But yeah, I get what you but mean. But then if they don't win the title for the first time in five years, it's just weird, isn't it? It's weird. They look yeah. less dominant. They have less points than last year, than with Haaland. I'm not putting it all on Haaland. It's just, it's it's a complex for me. It's, 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 it's something it's that I haven't figured out. It's complicated, right? It's so impressive by, on its own, but it hasn't translated into what City wanted no. it to be. That is very fair because... If he scores 60 goals in all comps and they don't win everything, something's gone very wrong. And that's yeah. really confusing because we've never seen anyone score goals with such ease in the Prem, really. No. So it's, it's, it's a weird juxtaposition. 
Yeah, uh, I haven't quite figured it out yet. So we are, however, talking about them battering Burnley six 0 So maybe we're again being unnecessarily harsh. You know us, mate. We low key absolutely hate Man City. So yeah. <laughs> any <laughs> any chance to bury them? Those guys suck. I hate them guys. They're ruining cheating. football. Yeah. Ruining it. So, yeah. <laughs> Expected six nil. Good result. Light really. work, really. Light, Light work. work. Yeah. Um, don't you think there's too much to talk about, really, apart from that? Like, they just battered them. Alvarez yeah. is a good player. Doesn't get many minutes, but he makes the most of it when he does. They signed him to a new long-term contract already. Mm. I think that's very wise. If Holland wasn't there, he'd easily be 25, 30 goals in all comps. So they're well stocked with forwards for the next five years until one. Of oh, the team's leave. looking good, but definitely need to patch up their midfield and fullback situation if they have all the departures that are rumoured this year. But anyway, time's of the essence. We are keeping this to just an hour. Chelsea two, Everton two. Oh. Tell you he's what, done it again. He's done it again. Two points dropped for Chelsea. Two points dropped for Chelsea here. I'd say Sean one point Dyche. gained against the Giacomo Don. It's always one point gained. Sean Dyche, mate. You know, I was looking at the stats. Since Sean, Sean Dyche has come in, Everton are one of the lowest for like progressive passes. One of the lowest for like passes forwards, but they're one of the first for long long balls. And yeah. like they they've Sean diced it, and they get they've got like seven points since he's come in, and it looks like they're going to get out of safety because they're worse teams. But my conundrum of Everton before we move on to Chelsea is, what do they go from here? Let's say Sean Dyche gets them to fifteenth. Do they buy players for the Sean Dyche system? Do you know what I mean? Like it's going to be yeah. weird. Like, what do they do? Do they accept that they're just going to be a Sean Dyche? Because I don't think Evertonians would accept that. I think they might after flirting relegation for two seasons. I think he'll get a bit of time. I think he's got more more ability than he's been able to show because he literally he had no ability to get different players in at Burnley you know zero <laughs> they were just stuck with the true. same midfield that but came also up. Everton are cash Everton cash. are broke broke as fuck but you feel like there's still a higher potential with Everton if they keep, if he keeps them in the league for a few seasons the money will probably return or something will happen mm. I think he may be able to evolve it over time but to score two goals without having any goals in that team and to you know win games or draw games every time they scores a goal it feels like it's it's a miracle really Everton are just so rubbish at scoring goals so I like it I'm a big fan of the Deitch and I think he could he could do something surprising he's obviously good tactically because we think Potter is a wizard and yet he's well, they've come away to share the points, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great first goal for Ellis Sims. Really bullied Kulabali and just... Great finish in the 93rd minute. Just really good, so... It's not happy what you for them. to see from Kulabali, is it? I don't know. From what I've seen from him this season in the Prem, I've not been impressed, to be honest. No, but I, we, we built him up too much, didn't we? We built him up too much because we didn't watch him closely. Come like with a big reputation. All, we always thought he was top three centre backs in the world for like four years, and he's just well, he's just he's just Tamori, really, or like Chalaba. He's just pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's two points drop for Chelsea. Let's talk about it. They were really good in the first half, and they were continuing their form without actually scoring a goal. But looking um, pretty good. But looking I think they hit good. The post again, didn't they? Yeah, Havertz doing his classic kind of will he, won't he? Is he good? Isn't he got good kind of performance? Enzo Fernandez is a baller. 
It's sad Facts. to say. There's yeah. just no he, doubt. He's anymore. really good. He is really Enzo good. Enzo Fernandez is a baller, and he is without he's maybe the one like qualified success from their signing sprees. To be honest, so far with all the signings, some are going to be good, some are going to be bad. Like, no, it was a big, you know, it's a big risk, big risk signing him for 120 mil when really he had only been in Europe. What was it? Just over six months. That's pretty wild. It is wild, but yeah, I'm more worried about the other ones, like the right back they signed, the right winger Mad- Madueki, whatever. Those ones just feel like throwaway, overpriced, average players. You know, those are the mm. ones you worry about. That you spent 80 mil and you're like. What the hell did we do? What the hell did we do with that? Yeah, one? I mean it's a tough job for Potter. I really do empathise him in a way. Like no one's ever. I mean people have, but it's the he's, a, he's a system talent, manager, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's, it's he's a, been given all the gifts, but mm, it's too much, isn't it? It's too much to work. It with. feels he needs like some sort too of much strain. Yeah, it's all just this like, luxury. Not enough thought is really kind of been made into building that obviously it has because they've got like four directors of football but I do feel <laughs> yeah. for him sometimes I saw but they hey. were eyeing up another one as well I saw that they were eyeing up someone else uh, eyeing up everyone bro I saw a video after the game of Todd Bowley walking off off the bridge uh, and he gets caught saying fucking shit game so oh. I do like Todd Bowley one of my favourite owners in the league because he's so involved like and you're kind of living it vicariously for him because it's his first kind of you can tell he's new to football English it's football it's a funny one isn't it he wants to buy in yeah he doesn't know how such a credible person you know like an incredible oh, professional I was, yeah like a, a baller and yet somehow we all have this perception in football that he's just like just like a little boy somehow he's kind of, because, yeah. because he's coming new he probably knows fucking loads about football he probably knows way more than us but just he doesn't have that media perception does he currently no but all the same he's grown on me and you know he's funny mate he's just funny, I can't wait so. to see what he does next mate who's no, coming in who's, who's going knows. out at some point they're going to start trying to sell and that's going to be the next the next saga ah uh, this is we're still early in the book of Bowley so we'll see how that goes anyway <laughs> Bowley <laughs> Aston Villa 3 Bournemouth nil. yeah alright fair enough we know Unai Emery's built a good Aston Villa team and great game great game to show them exactly what they're made of isn't it Sevilla mate since he took over I think they're fourth in the form table so they are Champions League they've shown Champions League form consistently for about five months now under Unai or four months because the World Cup was a big gap and that bodes very well for Villa fans for next season they're firmly in the the top chunk of teams because there's a big gap after them and you feel like it's all making sense they've got a really good manager they've got a really good squad couple signings they've got money as well we know that about Villa. They have designs mm-hmm. on being a top six side, you know, displacing Tottenham, probably, or Leicester. Probably Leicester as the next, you know, the yeah, seventh, best the of seventh the rest. biggest club. The sort of, the Everton, the Everton trophy, basically. They'll That's be there with um, with Brighton. They'll be there with Fulham. Well, actually, oh. Fulham could well drop off, but they'll be in that bracket yeah. of kind of really good mid-table teams. 100% and this was just comprehensive they're one point behind Fulham now which I think is very disturbing as a stat because I kind of pictured that Fulham were so high up the table but yeah they're not they're just one point behind now so Villa could feasibly finish in the top six it's not like anyone else is looking great above them 
that is actually badness to be fair they've just been creeping up and it's almost like they've been under the blanket of obscurity where they were kind of 8th, 9th, 10th probably 9th and 10th they're just kind of there with Chelsea just quietly going about business you know I mean it just makes that Gerard, that Gerard appointment oh just so weird now just like it made so much sense on paper god it was a disaster disaster isn't it and it's just Unai coming out of this with a lot of credit I love that he's come back he for a second that. whack with the press. Yeah, so. he needed that. It just shows that Arsenal was just not a good move for him. Maybe right move, wrong club. He definitely could make it work in the press. Or maybe he's drawing on everything. He's got the Arsenal experience under his belt. A lot uh, of things to not do. You know do. what, though? Like, his English is better. You know, As you say, he's lived here now. He knows what to expect. He's probably been yeah. thinking about like how, how best to implement it. And, you know, he, he's a football aficionado. He absolutely loves it. So, And also, what a bunch of xenophobic people we are in the media in general. Like, imagine going to another country and you're speaking in Spanish and they're just all taking the piss out of the way you speak. And you're like, you're professionals. Treat me as a professional, please. And they're yeah. just like, hola, 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 hola. You know? We're just yeah. terrible people. But well, here's what it is. And he's obviously he- practised... When he come back, they're all oh, no. Well, didn't he? I think last summer he was he was with Villarreal in England for a kind of pre-season friendly tour, and I think Southampton fan was like, "Say Unai, Unai, say say good evening," and he just stuck his middle finger up at him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. definitely, he's got a point to prove, and he's doing it. You know, he's doing it. So oh, mate, he's doing bits. I'm happy. He's actually doing bits right now. Um, Not many good things to say about Bournemouth. Let's be nah, honest. They're yeah. just you, same old, really. Played okay, couldn't take the chances. Just comfortably lost, really. You do have Fernie, uh, one, one hmm? bit of good news, though, didn't you? I do, yeah. One nice bit of news for everyone. David Brooks, who was diagnosed with cancer in 2021, or Hodgkin's lymphoma, it's some kind of cancer, like leukaemia, is a cancerous thing. He came on to make his return after almost two years of battling and recovering from the illness. And I think that's really nice. A very rare nice story that we can all appreciate no matter your allegiances not that hating Bournemouth is particularly high on that list but just a nice mm. moment really you feel like you never know with players like that and at one point I think Liverpool were looking at him or at least being linked with him you know his trajectory was the same as I don't know like Jared Bowens or someone like that sort of mm. England periphery it felt like so I'm not sure if he'll ever get back to those heights but it's lovely to see him back and playing football I agree. It's always nasty to see someone so young have to go through something like that. It does happen. It does happen, lads. Um, so, yeah, we wish David Brooks all the best. And I heard that his family were there in the crowd. So, it's a very nice moment for him and the Brooks family. Really. Love that. Right. That's nothing else to say about Bournemouth because other than that, they were bloody shite. So, anyway, let's move on. Brentford won. Leicester won. I'll be honest, I didn't watch this one. So, Jack, take it away. Another red card. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Why is everyone so angry? <laughs> I'm telling you, no. There's sun. something going on. There's, There's something no in sun. the water. It is, you right. know, it is miserable. Anyone listening outside the UK, just don't come here at the moment. It sucks. It sucks. Like, it's grey. You can genuinely go a whole day about seeing the sun, and then rampant inflation, mm. bloody all this racist restaurant. It's just grim, mate. You just feel the grimness of it. London in the sun though phenomenal so June, July, August unreal yep. no, but Jack's apart from that right. it is grim 
It is it just is grim. It's bloody awful, isn't it? Bloody awful. So, yeah, I mean, uh, what is there to say about this game, really? I think Brentford are just in that, that we're in mid-table purgatory state now where they do want to win, but there's not necessarily the incentive of, you know, relegation or European football well, I don't know. necessarily. Europe. I know, but it just feels like they might just start to tail off inevitably. They kind of did it last year as well, didn't they? Yeah, and it feels like we've said it many times there's a good time to play teams and a bad time to play teams and maybe playing Brentford over the next few months is a particularly nice time to play them where they're just a little cosy you know everything's kind of guaranteed I mean there's a bit of fight from Leicester something that we haven't seen a lot of and you know I think credit to them it's still a big point but goodness me every time I look at the bottom of the table I'm like oh my goodness it's so tight like Leicester, just... Leicester are going down I think they're you going reckon? to go down you reckon there's always one shock and they just look so rudderless and they don't want to get rid of Rodgers so that's he's either going to work it out or he's not and we thought he worked it out and then we're straight back into hell mm. I, what they they beat Tottenham that's the only win since the World Cup so mm. says more about Tottenham I think but yeah he gets booed every game now by the Leicester fans he's not leaving Ball's oh, not sacking him. going so well for him at one it's just, point. It's just, yeah, you feel like in the summer he'll probably, he probably should move on regardless. For the well, sake if of they get career. relegated. Yeah. If they get relegated, he's obviously gone. But even if they stay up, you feel like that'd be a good time to part ways. Take a smaller yeah. payoff, Brendan. But I was trying to think about this as an interesting, slightly side tangent because we're good for time. Where does he go from here if he does move on from Leicester? Because I, if I... <laughs> And this is a serious point. I feel like he'd actually be quite a good manager for Tottenham. After all of the like short-term people, he plays very attacking football. Um, it'll be good for like two seasons, you know. And with good the right it. structure around him, like a good director of football, which Tottenham have now, to kind of guide him on transfers, could work quite well. Um, you know what nice works change. against Brendan, though? What works against Brendan, really, is just people don't really fancy him as a manager. He is yeah. a great manager, like he is compared to he just doesn't have the charisma that's the issue he's got everything but he lacks that that leadership thing he's just a bit of a weirdo isn't he yeah yeah Yeah. so I just can't see him at a club like that I just don't think he'd be accepted by the fans it'd be like do you remember they tried to get Gattuso in and the Tottenham fans literally weren't having it to the point where they had to bin that so yeah true that but that's what I mean that's what I was trying to think about like Sevilla that opening just opened up see him abroad Sevilla Championship Club Bruges no. like, it's really hard his to tell e- his ego wouldn't let him go to the championship again I don't know so, where he where he fits I could see like a Spanish team yeah Spanish team like Villarreal or something could yeah, see that potentially could it's see just, that it's, it's a weird one or he's you know going to go Greece and then he'll just die in the manager graveyard like Scott Parker is now Poor Scott Parker. Poor Scott. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, mate. He's got two redundancy payouts within a year. He's living. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like his manager managerial career is done. Bear in mind, you know, he brought two teams up from the championship. He should go back to doing that. Do a third, get a bit of credit in the bank. I know, but he's been found out. Like, the ceiling has been found with Scott Parker and his managerial ability. That's okay, sad. though. He could just have an agreement. If he gets you promoted, he gets a big bonus, and then he walks away. Job done. Next. Yeah, well, less said about that, the better. I feel bad for him anyway. Yeah. So what do you reckon? 
What do you reckon? What do I reckon? <laughs> James what? Madison, Harvey Barnes, oh. <laughs> Kieran and Dewsbury Hall. Some good players in that Leicester squad. Prime for poaching, mate. James Madison's going to be... I was about to say, which, which one would you take? If you had to take one one player at Liverpool from Leicester squad, who would it be? I think it has to be Madison because he's the best player and he's a midfielder, loosely. You know, I just he's, a cam. he's not the midfielder you need, is he? Nah, but at this point, seeing as our midfield is not able to defend or attack, we might as well gain something. We might as well just go back to guns blazing, get an attacking, creative midfielder. There's an element of like Chelsea about that, which is just like, yeah, get another attacking mid in. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. You need Bellingham, but as Ormstein reported today, that is looking increasingly unlikely with City and Real Madrid Prime. like FSG were just feeding a rhetoric to get us through the season before they drop a one-year extension on James Milner. How coincidental that news came out today as well. Oh, what a surprise. I'd say James Milner is just like a new signing. That's what I'm hearing from FSG. And we'll go for Bellingham next summer. No, no, no. What it will be is... uh, That's that's what's going to happen. No, no. Liverpool sources are basically going to say, you know, Curtis Jones is going to have a more advanced role or more Mm. important role. Yeah, or Klopp sees... Curtis Jones is an important squad member it'll be something like that yeah and then Curtis will. Jones will just not feature again for another year and then it'll be the same stuff repeating yeah. or something like you know what I don't know what they said it'll be like senior management or you know FSG felt that injuries impacted the season a lot or something you know they'll spin oh, it that's mate. what they do it's actually mad it's like oh I was actually won all these trophies this. no yeah. money sorry Oh, we spent so much money last summer. No money. Oh, you did qualify for Champions League. No money. Whatever we do, there's no money. There's Made never the a summer where they've the, gone in the war UK. chest. Where's Literally. the war chest? You don't have war chest. But you know what I was thinking about? Because we both got American owners, which are becoming a bit of a dying breed. Not really, but you know what I mean. Stan Kroenker, and he's taken a lot of shit from Arsenal fans for decades. I don't think any Arsenal fan can complain anymore. He's finally yeah. putting his money where his mouth is. You need. He, he was doing that before. You just made bad signings. It's only because it's all looking good now. I don't know. He spent 150 last summer. Well, maybe 150 before. We never spent 150. Like, like we, last summer we got Jesus Zinchenko. Mate, we we beefed up. Now we've got Trossard in January as well. Jorginho. Like, it's no messing about. Like that has not happened. True. Like, it feels more serious from top to bottom, and I think it's a lot to do with Josh Kroenke having more of an interest in Arsenal. So, it's weird. I guess it's different because FSG is a kind of, you know, it's a, what's the word when it's... We're, we're VC, mate, Venture Capital. Sorry, a VC, yeah, whereas Stan Kroenker is obviously just a Walmart oligarch. So, it's in the family kind of thing. So, maybe there's a more vested interest in Arsenal with our own yeah, than Yeah, potentially. Yours. I just, I can't see any worlds where we, we drop like 120 mil on Jude Bellingham. I cannot see any scenario where that happens. Yeah, we have like, no assets if, to sell. If we if do, respect, fucking great, let's go. If they I respect think. Klopp, they should back him because like he's done a lot for the club to get into where they are. And if if they're not going to give him the tools, you need him. It's not about spending 120 mil. Like your your midfield literally needs someone like him. So you may as well go get it. Like I don't know. Anyway, long story short, Liverpool aren't getting Bellingham. We're moving on to the last game. 
Such a <laughs> I literally sad don't know end. how we got there. Yeah. I don't know how we got there. Liv was not even go. in the schedule, just getting cussed out no, again. <laughs> no, exactly. I'll get revenge after you put top after like fifth last time. So anyway, Forest one, Newcastle two. Jack, I also didn't watch this one to so take it away. The John Joe Shelby Derby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you always have something when I prompt you like that. It's good. Yeah, uh, no worries, mate. No worries. Uh, Newcastle left it very late but they got a very crucial three points and I'd say back in the driving seat for top four it's flipping it's flipping week to week just like the relegation battle and this weekend Mm -hmm. they're in the driving seat I think thanks to this very scrappy late win Um, this sounds really obvious but swapping out Alexander Isaac for Cullen Wilson guess what yields more goals who would have thought that? One's a sort of mid-table striker. Not and one me. Was one of the hottest young strikers in world nope. football. Who would have thought I, it? I, this is what Eddie Howe gets paid the big bucks, to be honest. Facts. Because that, yeah. that was a masterstroke, playing a better striker. Crazy. It's almost like, oh, you know what? I can't even carry it on. I can't even carry it on. We're at the end of the pod. You know, Callum yeah. Wilson, it's just no match for someone like it's, Isaac. Yeah. Isaac's silky, pleasure. Isaac's good, silky. and he got another two goals in this game. One's like, one's a header, sort of just a poacher's goal. One's a penalty, and that's what you want. Goals win games, eh, Michael? Yes, they do. And you, the goals did win this game, and that's great. So his finish for the first goal was the finish of someone confident and comfortable. It was very odd, very unorthodox. It was behind him, and he just kind of stuck out a shin. And yeah, oh, that was weird. He said he meant to do it in his post. He looked like he conference. meant to do it. That's what I mean. He's comfortable. He's feeling himself. He's in good form. He knows what he wants to do and how to do it. And, yeah, he's going to be the main reason they get top four in this run-in now. He's he's the main man. He's taken over the Alvaron baton, and I think it's all about him now. Because the Newcastle defence is looking a little bit shaky at the moment. A very big mistake from Sven Botman. Gave Emmanuel mm. Dennis his second goal of the season. Just gave it away. And they've had a few of those rickets recently. So, because there was what, Kieran Trippier collapsing last week against Wolves. Nick Pope getting sent off against Liverpool. There's, you know, from what was a rock solid back line, mistakes are starting to creep in, a bit of complacency maybe. And that's it, really. That's all I've got to say. Was it a penalty? Did you even see it? Yeah, can't can't comment. <laughs> can't well, comment. I'll describe it to you. Diakite jumps jumps up, puts his arm in the air, all hits his arm in the air. Oh, another handball! Another silly, silly mistake. Oh, that's contentious. That. What do you reckon? What was your gut saying? Was it a handball or not? It was definitely a handball. Oh, it was okay. Well, okay, yeah, okay. Was, I can accept yeah, that. It was, it was pretty blatant. I still don't think it deserves like a free shot goal from what was a pretty innocuous cross. But those are the rules. So it is and what it breaks. is. Oh yes, and with that, we're at the end of our schedule. That's how you bang out a pod in under an hour. You've done pretty well there, mate. We've actually got a couple of minutes to spare, so we can just kind of warm down, I suppose, and you know, maybe plug our socials, guys. Yeah, definitely follow the socials. Jack's been working really hard. All right, getting those follow accounts up, engaging with you lot, right? So, exactly. can you do the bloody same. I don't know how many times I have to keep asking like this. I'm getting a bit bored of it, guys. Like, so to- listener, I'm going to share a weird story, a weird interaction that happened on TikTok today to show you the lengths that I'll go to to engage with people. <laughs> so, someone started following us, and he sent me, or well, he sent us. I think 20 waving hands in a row, which I found a little extra, you know, got my attention, though. 
And then he wrote, hi, are you boy or girl? And I was like, we're two brothers who do a podcast. And he wrote, huh? And then he stopped messaging me. So there's some weird people out there, but follow's a follow. There you go. I mean, look, I'll be a girl if it means that you engage with us like that. It'd be nice if you just, you know... <laughs> if you, it, It'd be nice people here for the content. That. Yeah. But... I mean, it's quite clear as well. There's not actually been a girl featured on our TikTok page. So that just raises li- more questions. Yeah, literally. it. It's not like it's unclear from the from the brand. I don't know. Now I'm worried. I'm worried that it might be unclear. And that raises even more questions. So... A lot to ponder. What was his name? I think I've still got it in my phone. <laughs> Can't remember. I'll show you once we get off the pod. Yeah, that's um, weird. That was weird. Weird, weird people on the internet. Who would have thought it? Anyway, um, <laughs> I think that's enough. Um, International Week, so who knows? Maybe you'll hear yeah. from us, maybe you won't. Yeah. I reckon yeah. you'll probably get a little bonus pod at some point. Yeah, when we get around to it. We won't be covering England, though, because that is just... Who we'll see cares what the score about is, International yeah. at this time? Is it friendlies? Is it qualifiers? Oh, I don't cares. even know. Yeah, who gives who a fuck? Cares. It's the first international break after the World Cup. It might as well not exist. It's I know. Boring. Look, if Rashford doesn't care enough, then I certainly don't care enough. All right, I've seen he's pulled out. And Saka, I'm looking at you, bro. Pull out, son. Save yourself <laughs> for two weeks, lads. You don't need to go to bloody Ukraine or wherever the fuck we're fighting. Oh, actually, not Ukraine. Sorry, that was bad. Anywhere but Ukraine. Goodness <laughs> me. If only we'd ended about 20 seconds ago. Oh, well, this is what happens okay. when we, we cut short. Yeah, yeah, anyway, right. Bye. Everyone. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.